Welcome to The Bipod, a podcast about all things bisexual. I'm Evan, and my pronouns are they and them. And I'm Christina. My pronouns are she and her. We define bisexuality as experiencing attraction to people who share your gender identity and to those who don't. We welcome anyone who has any kind of relationship with or curiosity about queerness. The Bipod is an ad-free, community-supported podcast. You can support us for as little as $2 a month. To join the community or get more information about the podcast, visit patreon.com slash the bipod. This podcast is one piece of the long history of bisexual and queer discourse. We don't know everything. At all. We're here to be part of the conversation. Let's get into it. jumping in with a quick announcement to celebrate our three-year anniversary we're having a virtual party with our patreon supporters the party will be on sunday february 25th at 1 p.m pacific time you can find all the information and become a patron at patreon.com slash the bipod hi christina hi evan happy 2024 yeah happy new year this yeah. is um the second episode that our listeners are hearing this year but it's our first recording of the year yes right? yeah because we heard the last one end of january end yeah. of december i don't even know what months yeah. are anymore yeah and january is famously 30 years long <laughs> um so this will most likely not be the only episode that we record this month but yeah. um how's your 2024 so far um, it's going, I, I mean, I still don't know where in the month we are. I keep thinking we're at like, we're in late January and then being like, wait, no, it's early January, except now we're recording this on January 11th, which now we're sort of getting into mid January. Mm-hmm. So who knows if I'm going to start thinking that we're in February or what? I guess though this tracks cause in December I was like, I've been feeling like I'm in January. Mm-hmm. Time is, uh, but an illusion, as we often discuss. <laughs> um, yeah, but new, uh, new year, new format. Yeah. Um, if you somehow missed last episode, even though we we said this is an important episode, please listen to it. <laughs> if you don't follow instructions, that's fine. Um, but there are some important, there's some important information for you to know. Um, in that episode, um, this episode today is available on the main feed for free. Mm-hmm. Um, but the next episode, you'll get a preview on the main feed. Um, but the full episode will be available on Patreon. Um, and you can join Patreon and get access to all of the content for as little as $2 a month. Yeah, we are moving to an accessible pricing model. So no matter what you pay, you'll get access to the same content. And we explain all of that in the first episode of the season so if you missed that and you want more information than what we just gave you go back and listen to that episode um we also are going to be hosting a birthday party anniversary i'm not really sure um how to quantify our podcast time if it's a birth (laughs) if it's an anniversary doesn't matter anyways um at the end of february um for all of our patrons we're going to do a virtual event so if you want to join us all the information is going to be over on Patreon. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be a fun time. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's all of our business. Mm-hmm. Um, 
we have a very exciting guest today. Welcome to the bipod. Hello. Hi. I'm excited. Yeah. <laughs> um, today we're gonna be talking about not feeling queer enough and also a little bit about taking up space in queer spaces as a bisexual person. And this episode is a little bit of a follow-up to a question that we answered in the Q&A episode that we put out um, in late 2023 at the end of our last season. So we had a lot of thoughts, so we wanted to give this a full episode, and we're very excited to have someone else who can chime in about what their experience has been, Um, because, I mean, you've all heard plenty about how Christine and I feel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, enough about us. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, Flo, welcome to the bipod. Thank you. I feel uh, like I have a little bit of uh, expertise, a strong word, but a lot of experience and um, feeling and not insert adjective enough um, <laughs> in plenty of uh, areas in my life. So um, hopefully I will say some interesting things i feel so confident that you will okay thank you for your trust um do you want to tell the listeners about your relationship with queerness sure so i use they them pronouns and i mostly identify as queer and non-binary but i also use uh bi and arrow ace as uh, identity i can tell you a little bit how i came into that identity if Mm -hmm. you want yeah um, I grew up in a, in a sort of Catholic environment where there wasn't a lot of uh, knowledge about uh, queerness. Um, so when I was a teenager, um, I went back and forth. Uh, if I had a dream about a, a friend um, and uh, we were marrying each other, and then I would say, oh, oh my God, I'm a lesbian. And then... <laughs> Later on, I had a crush on a boy, and then, oh, that must mean I'm straight. Um, and then a few years later, when I discovered fandom, um, and I was in 20, 23, maybe, uh, and I started reading some small veil fan fiction <laughs> <laughs> back in the day. I didn't know that it was small <laughs> It was back in the day where Netflix would send you <laughs> DVDs in the post and wow. you send them back. Wow. So, you know, uh, you know, I'm old. You know, <laughs> I hadn't thought about this before, but I definitely had a bisexual experience with Smallville. Um, I had definitely a crush on Lana. Mm-hmm. And also there was a period of time where I was obsessed with the actor. And now I can't even remember what his name is, who played Clark. Um, Tom Welling. Tom Welling. I was obsessed with Tom Welling. Like when he was in Cheaper by the Dozen, I was like reading about him by the on the internet. Like it was a whole thing. He was one of my special interests. <laughs> so uh, my bisexual uh, awakening was not really like liking uh, yeah. two characters. It was more like I was reading fan fiction about Lex and Clark. Sure, sure. And uh, people would often I, the, portray- I mean, the true core relationship of that show. Well, well yeah. <laughs> And when there are two white men in the show, like people will will ship them. <laughs> They'll so. find a way to put them together. Um, but then they would often portray Lex as bisexual, and I was like, "What? 
You don't have to choose. <laughs> There's a secret third thing. <laughs> yeah, so that's how I found out. <laughs> I love that for you. That's like perhaps one of the most bisexual um, journeys I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> um, I actually have not seen Smallville. I just know uh, like culturally about it. And all of my friends, I guess, except for you, Evan, who is canonically bisexual, um, <laughs> all of my friends who like Smallville are my friends who are like, I'm straight. And I'm like, mm, I don't know about that. <laughs> so this all tracks. This all makes sense. <laughs> Smallville, a quintessential queer Maybe I'll, I'll watch that mark. as part of my um, canonical queer uh, oh, film so journey. <laughs> that is... Uh, now I'm just thinking about all of the things all of the like cultural experiences that you don't have Christina by virtue of both not being a huge television consumer and also being just a couple years younger than me where I'm like the idea of not having consumed Smallville (laughs) is like (laughs) well you didn't know about the Hex Girls do you know about the Hex Girls yeah Flo the knows about Hex. the Hex Girls. I'm the, from the Scooby. Hex? No, 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 no. From Scooby Doo. Oh no. Okay, never no, mind. No, no. Flo yeah, doesn't well, know about the Hex Girls. My sister, uh-huh. who's your same age, was yeah. like, they seem familiar to me. So, oh yeah, it's a, it's a micro generation. It is. I've the number of um, TikToks that are like the Hex Girls made our whole generation bisexual. Yeah, it's it's, it's you, um, younger millennials i'm a i like a a middle millennial i'm not an elder millennial (laughs) you're a mid mill (laughs) i am a elder millennial yeah even uh so i'm 42 and apparently 81 was at some point in gen x and afterwards they decided they they were millennium so i'm I'm like you're like cuspy yeah because i I I found shoes i'm like truly bisexual (laughs) i don't know 82 would make you 18 in the year 2000 which is new mm-hmm. millennium so mm-hmm. um interesting wow so like, we have all of the we have the whole the millennial experience covered here we do yeah today. we have um a gen x cusp i'm <laughs> i'm technically a gen z cusp but i am super not gen z um i like don't know how to use a computer i mean i do but not that well so um it's your micro generation because yeah sometimes my sister is like how do i do this thing and i'm like you I don't understand how you don't know how it's to. It's because they skipped a bunch of stuff with us. They skipped the foundations because they thought that we just knew. Yeah. We did not know. But anyways, the Hex Girls, Smallville, <laughs> the bisexual pillars of um, <laughs> our personal histories. I love it. <laughs> yeah. Um, that, that little diversion is how you know that this is the bipod after dark. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do we have an agenda? Yes. Did I immediately divert from it when you turn the microphones on? Also, yes. <laughs> uh, um, so to bring us back to our, uh, mm-hmm. our topic, um, what do we mean when we say that we feel or have felt not queer enough? Give some examples. Mm-hmm. I don't know why I said that like that. Well, so when you told me about the topic, uh, what came to mind is like two things. One, there's kind of external pressure based on stereotypes about what a 
a good queer or like a proper queer person looks like and acts like and then at some point we internalize this this mm. and we want to fit in so when you realize you're queer for a while after and when I re- realize I'm part of an identity for a while after I, f- I feel like oh maybe I, I don't fit all the checklists so maybe I should be more I don't know like more of that like so yeah. I, I almost there's a uh tendency or uh, a desire to like be even more queer to make sure like to reassure myself that I belong there mm. yeah yeah and I like I mean being more queer very good <laughs> you know um I have nothing against that at all um and I also think that like uh when we assign for ourselves more and less we're often just like being mean to ourselves um like that's what this question of like being queer enough makes me think of because i'm like if you're queer you are queer enough mm-hmm. that's fine i mean i can say to other people to myself i'm like but are you though <laughs> <laughs> literally has an entire podcast about bisexuality and i'm like but what if it's pretend <laughs> so silly stupid brains um but yeah i think like we like you're saying flo we have this idea of like to be bisexual um you like you have to be performing that in some way at all mm-hmm. times um and i know we'll talk about that today um because it's sort of impossible and also silly to force ourselves to do that kind of performance but um i am a uh, cis woman in a relationship with a cis man and so people are always like that's a straight girl and i'm like no no not me not that um, how dare they? How dare they? I know. And my partner is very affirming, which like I have had different experiences before. Boo. Um, I know. Boo. Um, like <laughs> one I think I've told this on the podcast before, but one time I was parking and he was in the car. And I was obviously parking very poorly because I'm a bisexual person. I mean, and, I uh, park fine. Well, you okay, I'm sure you do. There's one in every generation. <laughs> <laughs> Um, you do park very well. Their <laughs> parallel parking skills unmatched. Me, I can't. <laughs> I do also have a much smaller vehicle than you, yeah. which definitely helps. It does help. But anyways, I was I wasn't even parallel parking. It was like a regular parking spot. <laughs> it was just like straight. It wasn't angled. You know what? It doesn't matter. <laughs> the the straightness was the problem. The straightness <laughs> was the problem. And um it was dark, so I like couldn't see the lines as well. And so I like pulled it and I was like, Oh, am I straight? And Sydney was like, No you're not straight who told you that and I was like thank you so much but I just meant like in the parking spot like am I lined up where I need to be <laughs> um and it makes a big difference to um like in my private you know life like be affirmed and not have to worry about like like I don't think that my partner thinks of me as a straight person which is great nice. and yeah. different from other relationships that I've had and um for me, like when straight people assume that or like assume and or deny that I'm queer, I'm like, I mean, that's your business. If you want to be fucked up, go be fucked up with over there. Really not. I'm not I'm not one of you. This is not this does not concern me. Um, But it's a lot harder for me when queer people, other queer people uh, don't acknowledge my queerness or don't. Mm. I feel like I don't. Um 
I can't take up the space or I'm like separate somehow from the queer people around me even when I'm like not if that makes sense yeah I the way that you just phrased that a thing I have been talking about lately is getting better at distinguishing what is and is not my business Mm -hmm. um as a way to sort of like modulate my energy and be like you know what that thing not my business Mm -hmm. I'm not gonna like worry about it and um straight people not my business (laughs) honestly Um, yes (laughs) (laughs) and like that doesn't mean it can't be hurtful but it doesn't like if a queer person I mean to to be like super clear the people who have been like the worst to me about my queerness are straight people but like if a queer person denies my queerness it like really really hurts my feelings yeah because I identify with them but if a straight person wants to erase me I'm like I mean go live your fucking boring life like I don't care <laughs> um like it's just I'm like we're it's you're over there yeah and me I'm over here but it's a lot more painful for me when the call is coming from inside the house yeah what you were saying about like uh performing the way we kind of perform our queerness or our identity I for a long time felt like I uh my bisexuality was like a a party trick to be sort of pulled out as like a um I think I felt like I had to sort of like make myself legible mm-hmm. to people, often straight people, but not exclusively in this way of like, um, like I sat, sort of had to, or I would do this, uh, this thing of like performing my attraction or mm-hmm. like leaning into some of the stereotypes about like bisexual people being slutty um which i'm we're pro slut over here but in a way that it was like it wasn't like i'm embracing my sexuality it was like i'm performing it for other people yeah um and a lot of like uh often with um straight men sometimes who I was attracted to or wanted some kind of attention from Mm -hmm. a like this performance of like we can talk about hot girls together because I'm a cool girl who's attracted Mm -hmm. to women Uh um okay this is so relatable (laughs) (laughs) how dare you (laughs) and like it would be this sort of thing where I would be like saying or doing things and almost be sort of like outside my body and be like this is an interesting like thing that we're doing here and it didn't really like feel good but I sort of didn't know like I didn't it was like what was available to yeah. me at that time yeah I can like very clearly remember the first time that I was dating a man who like had some literacy around <laughs> bisexuality um he had like dated other bisexual women before um which is like on one hand rude um, that I wasn't the first one, but also was very beneficial for me. He was a very good person. Um, but he would like ask me questions like about I'm trying to think of an example, just sort of like acknowledging my experience. Like we were talking about something about women and he was like, oh, like, 
have you experienced that with people before? And it took me a while to be like, oh, like, he's not objectifying my bisexuality. He is just acknowledging that it's a part of my experience. Um, Like, I was sort of defensive about it at first, but then Mm. I was like, oh, actually, these questions are not like, so what's it like to be a girl kissing a girl? Do you want to kiss a girl at a party while I watch? It was like very different from that. And that was interesting. Um, and then it made me reflect on like other relationships, particularly with men that were like not, not so much that. Yeah, I definitely <laughs> had the, um, so I was working for a few years in a really small town uh, with one queer person that I knew of. And I, so I had a strong desire to not be seen as straight. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I would try to like hint at it or like just, you know, talk about uh, me being bisexual. Um, but when you do that with the wrong people, that can lead to, you know, um, like there was a, a colleague who was interested, but like in the wrong uh, kind of way mm-hmm. about just the... Uh, any detail that I uh, would want to give him. Mm, it was like, like salacious. His, that's it, salacious. Like yeah. his own, uh, to cater to his own fantasies. Mm. So, Yeah, it's like it. I want to perform queerness for queer people sometimes, but like never for straight people. <laughs> yeah. Like you want to perform enough to like, to signal, maybe not perform. You want to signal mm-hmm. yeah. sometimes to be able to communicate like, it's you and me, I'm here. I'm expressing myself in this authentic way. Um, and unfortunately, some audiences are going to interpret that in a way that, um, is salacious. Yeah. Is it, it's, um, to bring it back to fandom. Um, <laughs> Please like do. when you, you, uh, wear a t-shirt, that's not just, that doesn't say like Star Wars, but it's like stealthy. Mm. Like, you signaling and other people, most people won't see that reference, but, uh, other fans will. Mm-hmm. Um, so I find that signaling queerness in subtle ways can have the same, um, the same, the same joy when someone else is like notices it and recognizes it and just waves hello or gives you a smile. Yeah. Yeah. Um, in a different, uh, previous episode, we had someone write a letter about, I think it was our being queer at work episode. And they said that they intentionally have like a really bright rainbow uh, watch band and they wear it on their right hand. So when they go to shake someone's hand, it's like the first thing that you see in a business setting. And they would clock like, how do people respond to that? Because there's always some kind of response. And that's a way to be like, not to weed people out necessarily, but to be like, oh, you're picking up that this is a signal versus like, you think it's weird that I'm wearing this super bright accessory or whatever it is. Now I'm thinking about how all of this gets muddy when we talk about straight people appropriating queer culture. Uh. That's a different episode. <laughs> we'll get there. But um. Oh, my God. We do have to do an episode about straight people appropriating <laughs> pride. And I'm not looking forward to it. But straight people who listen at home, just wait. <laughs> we'll be reading you the riot act. We talk about... Uh, feeling not queer enough in the sense of not feeling bisexual enough. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm also like on the arrow a spectrum. And uh, this is definitely something like being bi I've known for 
uh, few decades, uh, like uh, maybe two decades. Uh, being arrow ace is something that um, I haven't only heard of the term maybe 15 years ago, mm -hmm. and then only realized that this might apply to me um, you know, a few years ago. And I haven't dated anyone in uh, 10 years. Um, Congratulations. It's, it's a fine life. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think when I was younger, I wanted to date people, but it was very uh, in the, the desire um, to belong and to fit in. Because mm. um, that's what you do. You... You get your driving license, you uh, pass your a your exams, and then you find someone to date. <laughs> Maybe not in that order. <laughs> um, I love that so little checklist. Yeah, yeah that's it. <laughs> that little checklist, and I had to um, check all the boxes because I'm a perfectionist. <laughs> <laughs> this one says must have a spouse or whatever it is. <laughs> and so this led to me like. Anytime someone was interested in me, it was like, okay, so he's interested, so I must uh, be in a relationship. Mm. And for some reason, like, I didn't like them and it yeah. didn't work out. That's so, so weird. Tell right? me for me on yeah, my own podcast. Yeah, you guys need to stop doing this to me today. <laughs> <laughs> so um, relatable. And then I decided that uh, I was done um, being in relationships, in romantic relationships with people I didn't like. And then found myself like oh well who do i date <laughs> <laughs> but all the experience around like arrow ace that i had heard about um like 99 percent of it was like never people were never interested in sex or dating or, or never felt att attraction so i felt like oh this is not really me like it's not um, it's not exactly how I feel. Mm. Um, and if if you're if you are open to it, I would like to take you on a metaphorical journey. <laughs> yes, please take us. On I am on the journey. journey. I, I'm I'm, journey. I'm in the boat. Okay, mm -hmm. so I thought, you know, maybe I'm not uh, trying hard enough, or but now the way I understand it is that um, so I work in outdoor retail. I'm surrounded by people who love skiing. Like the snow comes, they they just love. They're happy. They're just can't wait to get out to uh, on their skis, and they're gonna go backcountry skiing with friends. Um, and they're gonna see like, and it sounds when they talk about it, it sounds great. Like, yeah, you're gonna go out with people you love, and you're gonna go up a mountain, sleep in a hut. You're gonna see beautiful landscape, and that sounds great. And then when you go to like the, the details of it like if i were to do that myself it's like i would have to like buy or rent the equipment then i would have to like train how to use those skis i would have to store the equipment at home uh and then wait for the right weekend and deal with avalanches like mm -hmm. That's a lot of work. I've got other things to do. <laughs> <laughs> um, but then when it comes to hiking, it's like, yeah, it's raining. It's pouring. Like, I have water to, to my ankles. That's fine. I love it. <laughs> so for me, romantic relationships um, are more like backcountry skiing. It was like, I'm not totally close to the idea, but I don't really want to do the work. And 
<laughs> sounds like a lot of work um yeah that's, so that's such a good metaphor it's great but then yeah. i understand like that you get the appeal that's it i get the appeal and i understand that um when i was younger basically because i was going into romantic relationships because that's how that's what i needed to do mm-hmm. i didn't understand why people were so desperate to be in relationships like that, that's ridiculous it's just because society tells you you need to be mm-hmm. um but no actually some people really want to be in relationships. <laughs> some people like backcountry skiing yeah. i mean i don't get it especially oh. this the hut sleeping thing, <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's a really useful metaphor to be like i see the appeal and i there's a world in which i could be open to doing that one day but i am it, under no circumstances going to prioritize <laughs> making that happen yeah yeah Mm. um this feels related but i i've had this version of a conversation with a few people but recently i had this conversation with a friend who was talking about how she had like just kind of recently realized that she was bi and and like realizing that was like you know i i just thought that like all women like didn't like men because of the way that we talk about men um she was like like i didn't realize that there are some women who like exclusively want to be with men like just because we do this cultural thing of like um you know talking trash about <laughs> other genders and like doing compet um but to be like oh like uh i have a different relationship with this thing but it's like easy to to not identify that because you're like what people are saying tracks with how i feel of like that desperation of like oh i have to get into a relationship and you're like but wait why <laughs> like i thought that you know i like you said that you thought that um everybody like felt the way that you did which is like oh this is just a thing you have to do uh, it's it on turns the out, like, <laughs> some people like actually want to do that um yeah that's like so that's very helpful yeah um this is not the same thing but i feel like there's like a venn diagram overlap um one of the bullet points i have on the agenda is is evan attracted to real people lol <laughs> um because as longtime listeners will have heard me talk about like i did some dating and then i was like i don't understand i did some dating what, what are you what happens on a date i'm confused mm-hmm. um and just like I have also been single for quite a few years now and I would like to not be single, but also it, uh, somehow it seems like only, I'm only attracted to fictional people. Um, I get it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, maybe my brain was ruined by, I can't even blame it on fan fiction because I didn't actually start reading fan fiction until I was an adult. Um, because I had a, I think I've talked on the pod about having a <laughs> traumatic, <experience laughs> a traumatic, yeah, traumatic experience with fan fiction, yeah. being like, not for me. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, I think that is a because I think it's almost the opposite of what I was saying about like performing my bisexuality as a party trick. It's like. Well, if I'm not actively feeling attracted to anyone, 
how like w- there's nothing to me for me to yeah. perform um and that feels really weird to yeah. be like i mean these fictional characters on television very appealing to me but like <laughs> actual person in the real world of any gender like <laughs> does um, that feel like backcountry skiing like to <laughs> like to be dating someone else or does that feel like some other more interesting activity like like where on you on the scale of like a, an activity that you really like to do um <laughs> like on the scale of let's say uh reading a book the day that it comes out all yeah. the way to backcountry skiing where are we there? I appreciate that you picked <laughs> that as like I was like, that's the thing Evan likes to do. <laughs> um Flo's was hiking, which I don't think is your number no. one thing. Yeah. Hiking is my backcountry <laughs> skiing. I'm okay, like we can I totally understand over. why other people are into it. I wish that I was. Mm-hmm. But I'm not. Um uh, I think that's another thing that I feel confused about Mm -hmm. in that I, I think I've said on the podcast before, I'm like, I don't think I'm like on the arrow a spectrum in that, like, or that I don't like identify with that in that, like, I have definitely been attracted to people in the past. Um, and when I think about I think the thing I have a hard time with answering the like (laughs) backcountry skiing like (laughs) thing is that I'm like, I mean, the administrative part of dating (laughs) in our current context of like the dating apps and all of that, that does sound very much like I don't (laughs) want to do it. But also, I don't know anyone who, well, that's not totally true. There are a couple of people that we know who at various points have been like dating like it was an Olympic sport. Mm-hmm. And so those people I assume must either like the experience yeah. or like they don't mind it yeah, enough that the they're like I can do the apps or whatever, that's fine. But pretty much everyone I know who has done a dating app is like, oh yeah, dating apps suck. But because that's like so enmeshed with modern dating, I'm like is it about the like I don't yeah then, like do you want to do the hurdle? There's dating and there's being in a romantic relationship, which can yes. be a bit different. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, you generally have to go through dating <laughs> before you get to the romantic relationship. It's so fucked up that that's how it is, though. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um. How. <laughs> There's a conversation that you and I had, Christina, and I don't we it wasn't on the podcast, but now I can't remember if we talked about it on the podcast. Um, But it was a uh, sometimes Christina tries to finish my sentences and then is <laughs> wrong. <laughs> Actually, all the time. I never correctly finish. Your <laughs> but it's very it's often very revealing <laughs> what I was going to say and what you thought the end of the sentence was. And so we were having a conversation, I think about me dating and I was like, I just like want a relationship that feels a lot like feels like the relationship that we have. And also, and you went, you're in love. And I was, I was like, no, I was going to say we have sex. (laughs) (laughs) 
And then I found out that Evan is in love with me. <laughs> <laughs> and then we talked about it and it all made sense. And we're yeah. in love with each other as besties and it all works out. Yeah. Um, I think that's another thing I've talked about on the show where I'm like, there's like other distinctions that people see in relationships that I yeah. often don't. Yeah. So. Um, when I put this on the list, I didn't. <laughs> we're just like interviewing you we're like therapizing you <laughs> for the listeners at home we're in a setup where Flo and I are sort of like facing Evan <laughs> like Evan's being interviewed <laughs> so it feels like they're a little bit on the spot right now it's because they are yeah <laughs> um but yeah I'll just say uh, I don't know and that's yeah. and it's weird <laughs> yeah well and I also like um it's so interesting that I'm like I'm in a relationship and so people think I'm not queer and you're like, I'm not in a relationship. And so people like I can't show people that I'm bisexual. It's like if you're not actively like making out with two people of different genders <laughs> at the same time, like how are they going to know? You know, well, yeah. and then you make out you make out with two people at the same time of opposite genders and uh, of different genders. And then people will just think that you're showing off and that you're doing it for the view, like the attention. <laughs> so yeah. you can't you can't win. Yeah. It's really a rock and a hard place. Um, the two genders. <laughs> the two genders. <laughs> <laughs> rock and the hard place. Uh, that is so um, funny. Speaking of genders, um, <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm non-binary, and I feel like this uh, unlocked a whole new level of am I non-binary? <laughs> yeah. 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 Um. And especially uh, because I, you know, growing up, I heard about trans people, but it was very in a very binary way mm -hmm. where um, people fully transitioned um, and were now seen as, as the opposite gender. With non-binary, it's like... Uh, <laughs> and then there's still the the, the stereotype that uh, non-binary people should look uh, androgynous. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I'm not really sure what I'm gonna say with that. But like another another like metric of like, am I enough of this queer thing? That's it. It's like I know you can be non-binary and use binary pronouns and you don't have to change your appearance um but i wanna i wanna i'm like the student who wants the a plus so mm -hmm. i'm like how can i guess those bonus points <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's like that's fine like the way that i feel about things like this is i'll be like of course this other per like anybody can be anything but me no no <laughs> it has to be perfect that's um, it yeah. yeah well and to go back to dating, there was a like particular experience. This was like a couple years ago, where on um an app I matched with someone who identified as a lesbian, and so at first I was like, "This is validating mm -hmm. because a non man yeah. <laughs> is interested in me. I'm a real bisexual." And then I was like, "But wait." They're a lesbian and I'm non-binary. <laughs> Is this invalidating? There's like a flow chart. <laughs> a flow chart, get it? Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I just I realized that. <laughs> I, 
at work, people always talk, talk about workflows, and I'm like, what? Sorry. <laughs> do I have to do something? Sorry, it's new for me. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I think that's when back when I still uh, try was trying the dating apps. I that's why I've decided that I didn't want to date uh, cis men, cis straight men, because I thought well, I don't know their level of understanding, and I'm not gonna give them a quiz before we go on a date. So. <laughs> yeah, <it's> an intake <laughs> I'm form. I'm gonna assume that they're not quite. Um, I don't want to tr- uh, try and then figure out that they in- will invalidate my gender. So. Yeah. Not that I'm uh, super interested in dating anyway, so <laughs> I'm missing out. <laughs> All on works that. out. Yeah, but that's fair. I mean, it's that's like a reasonable thing to be concerned about, you know. And I, I know, bravely, I do know a few straight men. Wow. Um, I know. Um, and I do have at least one, like straight man friend who like identifies as straight but like that identity is not very important to him and he does like date non-binary people occasionally um and he's like yeah they're like not a girl and that's fine <laughs> um but i think that like that is very rare and also like if you're the person in the relationship you don't want to have to do the work of like proving that you are a real person to the person who you're supposed to be able to be comfortable with and I think in dating app, there's also a, like a technology uh, side of things where the app uh, asks you what gender you are. And then so I say, yeah, non-binary. And then it asks me, what gender are you interested in, men or women? <laughs> okay. So how? Who's going to like me, gonna, though? Who's going to see me then? Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. I have, I have matched with people who with men who in their profile will be like really looking for like a girly girl or like a woman who's confident in her femininity or something or like not match like had them like my profile and I'm like so you didn't read a single thing on my profile (laughs) did you you like looked at the first picture and you were like woman (laughs) swipe yeah like (laughs) a woman who's confident in her femininity that's so funny like Ugh. A girly girl. <laughs> um, I think you have talked, Christina, about the um, when you have like dated women at various points, being like, we have to be together yeah. forever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like me on the apps. Whenever I would match with a woman, I would be like, because I was like only ever on Tinder, so I'm sure that I did come across some non-binary people, but um, it was Tinder. It was very simple. Um, but whenever I like matched the woman and we were chatting, I'd be like, oh my God, this has to work or else I'm straight or I could be straight, which is so silly, but I didn't know that. Um, and like there was this one girl who was like so nice and we, I don't know if we ever actually met up, but we like talked for a long time and she was like so into sports. And like, (laughs) if you know me, I, there's nothing I care less about on this planet than sports. I don't want to talk about them. They're not a part of my world. It doesn't matter to me. It's just not for me. Um, and she would be like talking about sports. She like played softball and she was like all into it. And I would be like, yeah, no, I like this is fine. I can totally do this. We like we can be girlfriends. It's good. It's fine. 
Um, whereas like if that had been a man, I'd be like, oh, boring. Next. <laughs> um, but like obviously none of those relationships worked out because that is um, way too much pressure to put on a new connection of any kind at any point. Um, but that same thing of like this person who doesn't know me, who does not have some secret knowledge of me that I don't have for some reason gets to define and decide if I am queer enough. Um, and that's what's so hard, I think, for me about, like, this question. Is it, like, bisexuality is, like, ultimately an internal experience? Um, and oh, ma- maybe, rude. like, <laughs> I know, it's very rude. Um, and, like, I think a lot of, like, gender also, like, a lot of it at least begins as an internal experience. Um, and it, like, impacts the way that you want to kind of get to move through the world and be treated in the world. But um, it sort of feels like you have to do something outside of yourself to get any validation. Um, And like on the episode that we started this conversation on, um, when somebody asked about this, when I think one of the things that we said was that like, if you're bisexual and you're a woman dating a man, congratulations. That's like within at least my definition of bisexuality, (laughs) like dating a man, dating a woman, dating a non-binary person, like, this is all queer because like it's in the umbrella it's within the definition but like we don't score ourselves that way and should i be scoring myself no but am i of course (laughs) i think when i was younger i wanted a letter from the universe Mm -hmm. um certified and everything Mm -hmm. not a rise saying that uh, i was uh like queer enough bisexual Mm -hmm. enough and that maybe that would have calmed my Mm -hmm. anxiety around it um but actually uh therapy and uh aging uh helps mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's our prescription go to therapy yes. uh get older we should um make uh like certified queer like certificates that are free to download yeah <laughs> <laughs> um if anyone at home already has that let me know we'll share the link yeah if uh either a permission card or mm-hmm. certificates mm-hmm. whatever helps you uh more uh, to mm-hmm. feel queer enough yeah. a report card <laughs> <laughs> i'm just like thinking um there's a site called teachers pay teachers where like teachers can upload like lesson plans and whatever for other teachers um which i use in my teaching sometimes very helpful so i'm just imagining one of those where it's like a lesson plan but it's just like here's a principle of a certificate <laughs> and a report card and a rubric and like all these things yes <laughs> when people listen to our uh bisexuality 201 episode Mm -hmm. they'll they'll have taken you know do 101 and then we'll you Mm -hmm. know yeah okay great i'm gonna put it on that and i'm gonna make some completion uh yes we'll do it i mean you have a certificate in curriculum design so i do have a certificate (laughs) in online curriculum design you are the person (laughs) i am the yes i am qualified to tell you (laughs) that you are okay i'm gonna make a note of this right now um okay great and is that course uh, graded is there a quiz or (laughs) it's pass fail fail. Speaking of quizzes, I remember quite a few times where, you know, those BuzzFeed yeah. quizzes or whatever, yeah. uh, where you, um, and there was one where you had to choose like four um, celebrities you had a crush on. And I was like choosing, and like three men is like, the fourth one has to be a woman. <laughs> Otherwise, that's just 
Sending the wrong signal. God forbid BuzzFeed not know that you're bisexual. Well, it was at the age where um, I was posting the results on Facebook. Oh, so, you know, that's important. It's high, high stakes. stakes stuff. I one time, like, I had a very, um, I had somebody who had, was a coworker previously. We didn't work together anymore. And I met up with her for coffee, and we were, like, talking about queerness. And she was, like, exploring some new identities. And so we were talking about it, and I was like, oh, yeah, I'm bisexual. That's, like, a relatively new term for me. But, like, I've been kissing girls since day one. <laughs> I just, like, didn't know that we weren't all doing that and feeling the same way about it, apparently. <laughs> um, and we had, like, a pretty in-depth and nuanced conversation. And this would have been in, like, I don't know, the late 2010s. For This is important context. And then later that day, she texted me and she was like, hey, so I was looking at your Facebook and it says that you're only into men. And I was like, yeah, I made my Facebook says I'm single. Like, <laughs> um, like I'm I made that when I was like 12. Like, I'm not going to go back and change. I mean, I guess one can. But like, I've been in a relationship for five years and I'm pretty sure my Facebook status is still single. <laughs> like, you can see clearly that I'm not updating that. But I was like, why Why is that more significant than this whole conversation that we just had? I don't know. Very silly. But, but everyone's like, it was but it's on, on the, the internet. internet. <laughs> <laughs> so funny. Maybe announcing that you're bisexual should be like, uh, when you're uh, changing your legal name, you have a lot of uh, admin uh Oops, you have to go to the DMV. So that's it. When you're announcing you're changing your uh, sexuality, you yeah. better go through all the hoops. Yeah, I should otherwise do my it's paperwork. just not valid. No, you're right. You're right. You have to get your membership <laughs> card. My membership that's card it. renewed. Were you were you uh, fingerprinted at the queer office? <laughs> <laughs> I'm in the database today. Pay my dues. <laughs> I mean. You're not paying your dues. True. <laughs> They're going to revoke your membership card. <laughs> and then you have to be straight. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. And if uh, a lot of people don't pay their dues, then the, the queer office is going to run out of money and mm -hmm. queerness will disappear. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> so it's serious. That's a stuff. dystopian novel. <laughs> <So> the <laughs> well, that's for your next novel. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> The bipod after dark were like, what if the DMV instead was? <laughs> <laughs> or if anybody needs a prompt out there, you know. Yeah. A writing Free prompt. Idea. <laughs> oh. I would watch that movie and then have nightmares about it for sure. <laughs> for sure. <sighs> well, I, uh, I think now that we've provided you know the next great blockbuster idea to the mm -hmm. people um mm -hmm. that seems like a good place to like wrap up <laughs> now, yeah now y'all need to go home and um, write that script please end on please. a high slash low note <laughs> <laughs> yeah um well i really enjoyed this conversation and i hope that um it brought folks some validation at home i'll get to work on yeah. those certificates but in the meantime um you have our verbal approval you are queer enough congratulations you graduated yes it's it like the paper um license plate that they give you at the dmv <laughs> like it, yeah. to hold you over until you get the at permanent the queer, one at the queer dmv that is like <laughs> barely holding it together because we're not paying our dues 
I don't know at 42 if I count as a queer elder, but uh, as someone who's older and uh, not wiser, uh, <laughs> you are queer. No? <laughs> that does count. Honestly, I'm 28 and I have more than once in the past couple of years been like, am I an elder? Am I a <laughs> queer elder? Evan and I went to a pride party a couple of years ago. Where we were like, oh, okay. <laughs> we are the queer elders here. <laughs> Um, but yeah, Flo, thank you so much for coming. This was so much fun. Um, do you want people to find you on the internet anywhere? Uh, yeah, they can find me on Instagram sometimes or on <laughs> Substack uh, at uh, Out With Your Dog. So I write about dogs and nature and I'm starting a new Substack uh, called uh, Lines Into Shapes where I talk about art and nature oh yeah not backcountry skiing though uh no so (laughs) when i say (laughs) dogs Uh, and nature it's more about like hiking (laughs) or camping (laughs) Uh, um wonderful we'll make sure we put links to that in the episode description um you are a listener so you know about the end of the episode tradition i uh i have trained uh, my whole life uh, and by that i mean uh, since the the pod uh, came out (laughs) i listen to it uh when i walk my dog and then uh, try to like time it perfectly wow i'm impressed you've been practicing wow Uh, you are a straight a student you get an extra gold star on your completion certificate so now we can see whether i will fail spectacularly Mm -hmm. yeah <laughs> it's okay. You still get a participation trophy. Thank you. Mm-hmm. We are Mullen Hills after all. <laughs> well, goodbye. Thanks for listening to this episode. The Bipod is made possible by our patrons. You can find us on Instagram at The Bipod and on our website, thebipod.com. This show is produced and edited by me. And our theme song is Coming Home by Snowflake. Okay, great. Well, thank you so much. Mm-hmm. Um, good. Goodbye. Christina, you always are like, well? Oh, sorry. Today? No, well. <laughs> We're not well today? <laughs> Just up. saying that Flo got it. I was trying to see if... Um, if other people besides you notice that, <laughs> and it seems like no, <laughs> okay, I'm, but I'm sorry, you're right. It felt wrong, but I was like, what word am I supposed to say? <laughs> I was waiting for my cue. <laughs> As we were saying I it, see you just like you're <laughs> cheating. It was supposed to be spontaneous. As we were, as Flo and I were saying goodbye, you just looked at me like so disappointed, <laughs> like you didn't even try. <laughs> I think we need to start again. Yeah, we do. We do. That's my bad. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Um, <laughs> just trying to change the format <laughs> over here. <laughs> well, <laughs> goodbye. <laughs>